welcome to another edition of San Luis Valley Voices, an SL Voices production. Without further ado, enjoy the program. In this latest podcast with the Lore Foundation, we are with Catherine Trujillo, an early childhood mental health consultant with the Early Childhood Council of the San Luis Valley. Listen as Monte Vista Community Officer Yvette Atencio and Catherine discuss the focus of the Early Childhood Council, a couple of really neat projects they collaborated on, future plans, and other project ideas, and so much more. Enjoy! I'm Adam, and we're back talking with Yvette Atencio, Community Officer for the Lower Foundation. As we touched on in previous podcasts, the Lower Foundation is looking for solutions to problems in the town of Monte Vista. The question being asked, what's your kind of Monte Vista? Joining Yvette to talk about specific solutions in a very unique organization focused on working together for children is Catherine Tujilo. She is an early childhood mental health consultant with the Early Childhood Council of the San Luis Valley. That's a mouthful. It is. Well, welcome to SL Voices. Glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. This is the sixth in a series of podcasts we produced for the Lore Foundation. And of course, you can go back and listen to all of the previous podcasts on slvoices.com or any podcast platform. We've interviewed some really amazing people, heard a lot of great stories, talked about some unique projects, and we're going to get into another one here. But first, Catherine, let's get your story. Where are you originally from and how did you end up here in the San Luis Valley? So I was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I met my husband and came to Colorado. We moved to Denver and then we had our first child and decided we wanted to raise them in a small town, not the city. We didn't have any supports in Denver. We didn't have family there. And my husband's was born and raised in Del Norte. That's his hometown. And he has all his family there. I agreed to move here because I was four hours closer to my family too. So I was like, oh, we're going to have family and sounds good to me. And we've been here about 20 years now. Quite a change from Albuquerque and Denver, isn't it? Yeah. The first year was a little rough. Any particular hobbies or special interests that you have? I like doing any art project. And I'll try anything once. I am not a skier. I tried that. I tried snowboarding. Uh, That didn't go too well. We do go out on our dirt bikes and four-wheelers up to the mountains and go riding and fishing and camping, all the good outdoor stuff. Well, tell me about the Early Childhood Council of the San Luis Valley. How you got involved to start? So when we moved here, my son was lucky enough to get into the Head Start in Del Norte. Me being a first-time mom, wasn't quite ready to let him go and spend all day with people I didn't know. So I went with him. And the Head Start's great. They always need parent involvement. So I pretty much stayed in classes all day. I joined the parent committee. I chaperoned field trips. I joined the policy council. And I helped out in the classroom however I could. And then my second child came along. And he was born with a hearing impairment. So he needed additional supports. So he started at Head Start, kind of struggled a little bit. So we only did half days. And I submerged myself into learning everything I could about his condition to help support him. So I attended parent classes. I joined hearing groups across Colorado. I attended every meeting with the school. I went to meetings with BOCES specialist, you name it. So pretty much I became his advocate. From there, I spent so much time at the Head Start, they used to tease me, well, why don't you just work here? So I guess I spent enough time there, they offered me a position as an assistant teacher. So I started as an assistant teacher. Part of that position was I had to go back to school because I didn't have a degree. So I went and got my Art of Applied Science at TSJC. And then from there, I had my third child, And we went to Head Start together. She went to her classroom in the morning and I went to mine. From there, I went to BOCES and I worked as a para. A para? 
They provide services for children that need support in the classroom. So you typically work one-on-one with a child all day in a classroom setting. So then I did that and went back to school again. I went to Adams State and got my bachelor's in early childhood education. My kids were older and at the district in Del Norte, but we had a community center that provided after-school program. And it was High Valley Community Center. And they would do the after-school and then they had Fridays, fun days. So they would go on field trips around the valley. And my kids started going because all their friends were going. So here I go again. I start volunteering at the center. And at that time, they were a little shorthanded. So the director there really appreciated parent support. Again, you can probably guess what happened. She offered me a job. So I started working there. And it's funny because I started in the kitchen. She was like, I have these young ladies that work for me that are going to college. They're just out of high school. We need snack in the evening or like kind of dinner. And they're not cooks. And I'm like, oh, well, I can do that, you know. Started there and I worked my way up to director of operations. I was given the opportunity to create a teen program for the ground up. I pretty much had free reign to do what I wanted, which was really fun for middle school and high school kids. We built that program. We implemented it. We were able to do a lot of activities with the teens. We went out in the community. We did community activities, sweeping the sidewalks, pulling some weeds, making Del Norte look good. And then we partnered with local businesses to provide a work program for them. Then COVID happened. And that's when I kind of shifted back into early childhood. We couldn't do programming, so we were all at home. So I had heard that the Early Childhood Council had an opening. I put my application and my resume in. I got to say, I did my interview over Zoom because we were still in the, the mix, right? So that was weird. Given everything you did, they didn't just hire you on the spot? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> so that was five people, right? Because it was a panel. But you know, when you're on Zoom and you have that little delay, somebody asks you a question, then you're just all staring at each other. <laughs> <laughs> So it's kind of awkward, but I'm glad now. I'm like, I don't know how many people did an interview during COVID. So I think that's kind of funny. So that's what brought you on to the Early Childhood Council. Yeah. Obviously, I got the job, but I wasn't hired on as a mental health consultant. I was actually hired on as a coach for preschool classrooms across the valley. We'd provide support services to staff that provide for zero to five-year-olds. And then from there, I got into the mental health position. And here we go again. I'm going back to school. I'm in school right now online to get my master's in human services. And I've been with the council for about three years now, a little over three years. Can you tell me a little bit about the council itself and what they do here in the Valley? I've noticed doing some research on this are actually statewide. Yeah, we are a nonprofit organization that focuses on strengthening the system of early childhood care and education through research, advocacy, and policy. The groups that we work with are pregnant mothers and children birth to five years old any caregiver of a young child, and child care providers. And we are across the valley. We provide services to all six counties. And like you said, they are statewide now. And you got a vision statement that says, we envision a community where all members prioritize and invest in our children to build a thriving society. Yes. What does that mean to you? That they're the most important resource we have. They're our future too, yeah. as you and I have I also talked that. about yeah, that, right? For sure. Yeah. Can you tell me about some of the things that you all do? So we can help families find child care in the valley. We support child care providers, and that includes FFNs. And for those of you that don't know what that is, that stands for Family, Friends, and Neighbors. And what that might look like is mom has a job and works from 8 to 5. She has a young child in Head Start, but Head Start's only till 2.30. So what does she do from 2.30 to 5 with her child? She finds somebody she trusts, a neighbor, grandma, her aunt. And she steps into that role. So that's what a family, friend, and neighbor would look like. 
We provide services whether you're licensed or non-licensed childcare. We have coaching services. That was the position that I started with. And that's just really helping these sites meet requirements for licensing. If they want to do a Qualistar rating for their program, we'll help them get ready for that. We have our mental health services to combat burnout, maintain quality of care and job satisfaction. We also have professional development opportunities, scholarships for anybody that's looking to get into early childhood education. And we have a disability specialist. And there's actually a lot of money right now for anybody that is thinking about starting a daycare out of their home. Reach out to you all for that? Yeah. And of course, all that contact information will be on this podcast page. So if you want to find out more about the Early Childhood Council here in the Valley or about the Lower Foundation, all those links will be there. Just drop by the page if you're traveling and you can find out more. Catherine, you're familiar with the Lore Foundation and what they're doing here in Monta Vista. Tell me about the first project that you all worked on together, having to do with the Valley 3 Theater. Yeah, I was on the board of the theater here in Monty. I'm going to say I was volunteering about three years, four years. And Yvette Atencio came to one of our board meetings and did a presentation about the Laura Foundation. My takeaway from that was it had to be a community outreach, mm-hmm. and it essentially should happen in Monta Vista. At that time, the theater was struggling to stay open. And so we decided to write a proposal to have a special holiday weekend around Christmas time. And we played three different Christmas movies over the weekend. We had a silent auction and had special snacks and things. So that was my first experience. How did that go? I think it went great. A lot of people come out for a free movie. Yeah. And we did really well after the parade. You know, you go to the parade and then come see a movie and have some popcorn. Nice. Yeah. So Yvette, tell me about it from your perspective. I met with the board late fall last year. They were very welcoming. Let me present to their board. Told them about lore. Like, if you have ideas, let us know. Maybe we can support you. And it didn't take long for Catherine to reach out, which was awesome because she just like had this vision. She had the plan, detailed plan of what she wanted. And it was to offer community a free movie showing over the weekend. What is greater than families being able to go watch a movie during the holidays for free and not have to worry about paying to get in? And then we had the Parade of Lights. And so it was really cool because I did see a lot of people sticking around and getting in line to go to the movie. And so that was just very neat to see and heartwarming. It was a perfect day to do it, really. Right, yeah. Everybody's downtown already. The new lights were up, which you all had a part of. Like I said back then, it just felt like we were in a little Hallmark movie, Christmas Mm -hmm. movie, you know, (laughs) and everybody's going to the show. And yeah, it was super cool. Well, Catherine, well, for both of y'all, actually, this isn't the only project that your respective organizations have collaborated on. Tell me about the second one, and it's had to do with helping local kids combat sensory overload. Essentially, the children at some of my sites needed additional supports, and we weren't able to provide that. Like I said, we served the entire valley, so I wrote a proposal to a vet. I thought, well, we'll make them, because I don't know if you guys know, but if you buy anything that's sensory, it's pretty expensive. We were going to provide 150 fidget tools, 90 fleece blankets, 30 weighted stuffed animals, and 60 weighted pillows. And that's not everything. We put them into baskets and everything, but that was the basic part of it. And for the pillows and the stuffed animals, we put a sewing group together. And we met over five sessions and sat together and just enjoyed each other's company. You know, we had some snacks, coffee, sit and talk. 
I am not a seamstress by any means, mm-hmm. but I learned. So we had a really good lady that helped us out and showed us how to do everything. And we sewed everything together and we took them out to all our sites. And we also took some to Home Lake because it's not just our young children that suffer from sensory overload. All right, Yvette, tell me about this project from your side. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, Catherine reached out and said, hey, I have another idea. I'm like, let's hear it. I love it. And of course, you know, she had this whole plan and told me everything she wanted to do. And I thought that was just very important to think about those sensory issues that a lot of people have. And like she said, it's not just young kiddos, it's adults, older adults. And so I got really excited because I thought, what a great project and unique project, right? To be able to just have a group of individuals who are willing to donate their time and sit and sew and make these pillows and stuff. So we were able to approve their grant for this project and we threw in some lore share and idea cards and I threw in a few beanies and some crayons so they can hand out. And so it was just really neat to be able to do that. Well, Catherine, what can you tell me about your experience working with Yvette and the Lore Foundation here? Yvette's great. She's super easy to talk to and work with. If anybody's thinking about maybe sending her an idea, a proposal, it's super basic, just very simple. Just get your idea on paper is essentially what you need to do. And any follow-up paperwork, nothing was stressful about it. It didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I got money. I have a grant. I have to deal with this. It didn't feel that stressful. It was very easy. Having worked with you as well, Yvette, in other veins of what I do, I would absolutely concur with that. It's a very simple process. And you're right, Yvette is super easy to talk to. Thank you. I love to hear that it's easy because we really do try to make it as stress-free as possible and just make the process easy. We want people to come to Lore and say, hey, I have an idea. We don't want to make it this heavy load for people to come and talk to us, you know. So thank you for sharing that, Catherine. I think a misconception is it's a grant, right? Like I have to write 20 pages of a story and have all these details and that's not at all the case. I was thinking the very same thing. Grants are a whole different animal than this. Yeah. They really are. Catherine, your approach on your website says, if I may quote this, as a hub of early childhood efforts in the San Luis Valley, we build community awareness and engagement, disseminate information and resources, provide professional development and coaching, create leadership opportunities, secure funding, facilitate collaborative partnerships, build community capacity, and advocate for needed change. That's a lot. It is. (laughs) What kinds of changes do you all see that are needed or are you working on? So I think the number one need, and it's not just for early childhood, it's across the country, all ages, especially since COVID, is our mental health awareness. We need to hone in on that and really start looking at supports for that. And that's something that you do? Yeah. Long-term goals and objectives, future plans for the council? Hmm, I'm going to say keep growing. We've grown quite a bit since they started. I Got quite a staff. Yeah. Yvette, what kind of other solutions are you looking for? You're always open to ideas and suggestions. I don't have a specific solution, specific project in mind. I really do just enjoy talking to our community and listening to their ideas and seeing how I can support that and encourage them to follow through with it. If you have an idea, cool. Well, have you thought about like doing something with that? You know, like I've said before, 
I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I'm kind of an introvert. No. I know. It's hard for people. I don't believe it. I know. I, I don't know if I do either. <laughs> I really am. Somebody's called it a high-functioning introvert, and I liked that. Yes. Mm. So it's really been nice to push myself out of my comfort zone of interacting with a lot of people. At first, I was a little, you know, like, oh, man, that's a lot of public contact. But now it's really cool to listen to all these stories. And I meet so many cool people, different people from all over. And I really enjoyed that. And I think those are all great relationships and memories that I'll carry with me for years to come. And you can see a lot of these solutions too. The lorefoundation.org website and under the solutions tab, there is just some amazing things they've done. Not just here in Monta Vista though. Right. And we just added Weezer, Idaho. We have a community officer in Weezer, Jennifer Huff. And so, yeah, it's really great to see lore expanding Mm -hmm. and seeing what kind of projects other communities, other states are doing. And I really encourage people to go to the lorefoundation.org and just look at all the different solutions that lore has funded. I mean, you'll be amazed. They're just different, unique stuff that you wouldn't even think of. And it's just really neat to see. Each community has different needs. Right. Different type of population. And reading through that, you might actually come up with an idea for Monta Vista. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) like our hope is like, you know, get your brain turning of like, ooh, hmm, maybe we can do something not quite like that, but a little different. So it's, yeah, it's really cool. So this would be a good time to hit you up again. (laughs) I already got your request. I have a couple of ideas for future endeavors. (laughs) I love it. There's something else that you wanted to mention, Catherine. I have a project that I am extremely proud of. This happened a couple years ago before I met Yvette. I had been at work and somebody mentioned StoryWalk in Alamosa. And I said, what? What is that? And they told me, oh, they deconstruct a book and put it along a walking path. And ours in Alamosa is behind the library on a path by the park. And I got to thinking, well, I want one in Del Norte. So I researched it from start to finish. I uh, went out into the community, got support for that from all of our local businesses. Our district also supported that. And planning and everything, like going to the town board and doing a presentation. And I partnered with the library because I needed a financial person to kind of oversee that. And what better place to sponsor a literacy project? So I worked with them and we got it installed and been up and running. And we have been changing the books out about every two or three months. We get a new book on our path and it's located at the park in Del Norte next to the river. Sounds like something interesting, doesn't it, a bit? (laughs) What does that entail? So this is going to be really funny, but the hardest part of this whole project was finding the stands that the book goes in. So essentially what you do is you take two books and you deconstruct them. So you get them and you put them on a big sheet of poster board. And then you can embellish it and put pretty things. They recommend that you laminate the story. And then they have these, I don't know what to call them other than like a stand. It's about three feet tall and they're mounted on a post. Like a short podium. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, when you go on a trailhead and they have like the little thing with the information behind the glass, that's kind of what it is. It's essentially a small version of that. And so every few feet on a walking path, you'll put a stand and then you take your pages and you put one. So you walk along, read one page of the book, walk to the next one, read the next page. 
and they're short they're only three feet tall so that the children can look at the books you can talk about it so it's like reading a book but so many pages at a time and then you switch out the pages you can put the whole book i think the one in delnort has 24 posts the first one we designated for telling people what it is. These story walks, actually, they were started by Anne Ferguson. She had the idea to integrate literacy and exercise, sunshine, fresh air, to encourage families to do that together. And so they're all over the country, which I had no idea about. We actually named ours an adventure walk just for the reason of um, infringement. And you can use story walk if you want to, but then you have to have the logo posted. But it's been really fun. And then we have sponsors. I didn't want the library to be bogged down with work. So we got sponsors, the Head Start. They sponsor two books a year. I mean, then a local business will pick one up or the museum. They sponsored one. We did one on uh, Covered Wagon Days. And the museum made their own book, A History of Del Norte, and put it in there. That is a neat idea. I like that. Hopefully it spreads to the whole valley. You heard people. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Catherine, anything else you'd like to mention? A friend and I, she's a coworker, are looking at trying to start a trauma support group in Monta Vista. Hopefully that's on the horizon. You want to expand on that at all, what you're thinking? So we do a class for parents that's called Seedlings. And it's essentially looking at your trauma, dealing with your trauma so that you don't pass it generationally. We did that group here partly. We had five sessions here in Monta Vista and five in Del Norte because we had people from both areas. So we thought, to be fair, we'll go back and forth. But our groups wanted to continue and meet after our sessions were over and we didn't have the capacity through the council. And my supervisor, being the wonderful lady that she is, agreed to give us one day a month to continue to meet with our group. And then that kind of tumbled into, hey, well, maybe we need this a continual thing, a monthly thing. And maybe other people that haven't gone to Seedlings still needs that support group. So that's kind of where the thought process went. Well, wish you the best. I hope this turns out well for you. Thank you. I want to add to that a little. I met with Catherine and her coworker that she mentioned. And they were telling me about these classes that they were doing and how they're like essentially volunteering some of their time to just continue these support groups, if I'm correct. Yeah. To help these families. And my brain right away is like, well, have you thought of asking Laura for a grant? Like, how can we support you? Because these trauma support groups are so needed. And I think it's just a need and it has a great benefit for community to have support groups like that. So, you know, I planted that seed (laughs) and was like, think about it. Think about what do you need to get this launched and make it happen? And how can we support you? It's one of our former chamber managers was very famous of saying a healthy community is a thriving community. And that includes mental health as well. Yes. It's funny that you say that, Yvette, because we were potlucking it. Kristen and I would make food and then just bring it. And Kids Connection was wonderful. They've let us use their building for the seedlings program and our additional meetings. So they've been wonderful. And so if we can help alleviate some of that load, I love it. And I'm so grateful that you volunteered your time and making food to feed families. Hopefully, Lord can step in and help with that. That's what community is about. You know who to talk to, Catherine. Yeah, I think it'd be great. We can branch out and have more people and help more people. Anything else, Catherine? So what I was thinking was letting everybody know about a special grant that we have through the council. And it's $100,000 grant for a year to purchase free diapers for the San Luis Valley. And that includes cloth diapers, if anybody likes to use those. Is this information that's on your webpage? Yeah. Drop by the webpage, you can find out more information on that. And of course, that is 
eccslv.org. You've had anything else? Yeah, I think just keep thinking. Our mission is to enhance quality of life. So how can we continue to do that? While we have supported great projects and events within the past year, I think there's still a lot more that can be done and that Lord can support. So just really, really ask people, reach out, share your idea, ask me questions. I'd be more than happy to meet, take you out for a coffee or whatever it is to make it easier on you. And people don't need to just meet me between eight and five at my office. I can go to you. I can drive to your job or whatever it is to make it easier. We're pretty flexible with that. And keep an eye out for future projects. Today, I just got approval for, and I'm excited to share this one. We approved a grant for the Adam State College Grizzly Alliance. They are bringing the NFL flag football program to Monte Vista. And so we approved a grant to cover registration fees for 100 Monte Vista youth. So, you know, that's super neat to have this NFL flag football sponsored program come here to Monte Vista and it's for boys and girls. So I think it's going to be a success trying to, again, address that financial barrier. We'll cover the registration fee for 100 kiddos and they get some cool NFL swag, you know, like their jerseys and bags and flags. So I know they're going to be opening registration for that probably within the next week or so. Keep your eye out and make sure you register your kiddo. We have done some amazing things. I mean, from the many cheerleaders here, a lot of stuff with the school, things with the city, you're supporting other nonprofit organizations here. Again, go to the little website and just look at the things that happen here in Monte Vista. It's just been incredible. Thank you. And thanks to everybody for tuning in and supporting SL Voices. Great stuff happening here. Livability, opportunity, responsibility. That's the focus of the Lower Foundation. They're working in rural places in the Mountain West. And we are just so blessed to have them here in Monta Vista. Again, all their contact information is going to be on this podcast webpage, making it easy for you to get in touch with them. Or, of course, if you want to get in touch with Catherine, anybody at the Early Childhood Council, the San Luis Valley, their information will be all there, too. We look forward to learning more about the Lore Foundation and their great work they're doing here in Monta Vista in future podcasts. Catherine, Yvette, thank you, Spoke. Thank you. Thank you. Lore works with people in rural spaces to improve quality of life. They believe that many small actions can create lasting change, and they support solutions to problems the community has identified as priorities. Sometimes that help is funding, and sometimes it's simply connecting people and organizations with resources and to each other. For more information on the Lore Foundation in Monta Vista and how you can become involved, you can call 719-850-2312. That's 719-850-2312. You can also email Yvette at lorefoundation.org. That's I-V-E-T-T-E at lorefoundation.org. Or just drop by her office during the week located at 101 Chico Court, Suite A. Come back each month as we bring you another informative interview with Yvette and the people she's working with right here in the heart of the San Luis Valley, Monta Vista, Colorado. We appreciate you telling your friends to listen to the podcast on slvoices.com and check out our extensive calendar of events, the most listings in the Valley. You can help spread the word too by joining our Facebook group, SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley, and liking our post on other social media outlets. 
Also, check out our Instagram page for occasional behind-the-scenes looks at what we do. And please, patronize our local sponsors. Remember to support the businesses here in the Valley. Most are owned and operated by your family, friends, and neighbors. We all love this area, want to see it flourish, and you can help by buying and supporting locally in your own and surrounding communities. Check back for another local podcast soon. Until then, this has been San Luis Valley Voices, an SL Voices production.